Hello, 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 hello. It's Chill here. I've got another Clan BD casting for you. This time a StarCraft edition. Going to be discussing the recent patch 4.3, the changes, why they were made, and various effects, additional effects that they might have to gameplay. I'm going to start off talking about the Protoss changes, move into the Terran, and then finish up with the Zerg. Uh, just going to go through each point individually, and uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about that. So first of all, we've got the uh, the Immortal range from 5 to 6 change. Uh, now Blizzard's um, r response to this change was that uh, they wanted to see a greater Immortal use versus Terran, uh, and uh, in the later game, with a look towards helping against siege tanks, you know, because obviously you get a lot of those um, siege up far away from you, especially if you're uh, Zealot heavy, sentry heavy, you know, whatever that might be. Um, stalker heavy, even, you know, unless you've got some really good, uh, some really good blink micro there, they're going to get hit hard by these siege tanks with the, you know, bonus armor damage, or just with the straight, you know, massive amount of damage that they do to light units anyway. So uh, a range increase helps there a bit, especially with the immortals' damage limitation. You can get right up in the siege tanks' face and just start blasting away at them. But it's also going to be useful elsewhere. I mean, you know, you're going to see immortals more useful against roaches. I believe they've got a uh, much further range. Of roaches um, so you're going to be able to do a lot of scoot and shooting against roaches with that um, I mean I know it's expensive an expensive character roaches when stalker will do the job stalkers will do the job but you know it's, it's an extra help if you're going to be mixing them in anyway um, Thors they're going to become useful against well just the Terran mech army in general I suppose um, you're going to see a lot more immortal use uh, versus Terran mech um, and stalkers I suppose is the main thing uh, if you're in a mirror match at PvP, but um, yeah, they just want to get a bit more use out of Immortals basically, and they felt that uh, versus Terran specifically, they felt that the range increase was the way to go with that, just because it means now that you've got something specific that you oh big siege tank liner, better get my Immortals out there, kick those tanks ass, then you can charge the rest of your army through and deal with that. And the next change was the Mothership acceleration change. Um, this change came in because basically Blizzard felt like uh, the Mothership was was very underused. They wanted to see more use there. And the maneuverability was frankly shocking. I mean with a with a I think it was a 0.3 acceleration. I mean first of all it was slower than everything else in your army and for you know a unit that cloaks everything, it, it's it kind of doesn't make sense that that it gets there, you know, forty minutes after the rest of the army is already fighting. Uh, you know, you want uh, you want it to be there with the main bulk of your army, otherwise what's the point in having it? So with acceleration it gets with the acceleration increase it gets going a bit faster, so it's um more likely to be where it needs to be, but it also means that your maneuverability is much much better which means that you know when you need to do that key reposition in order to get the cloak on a specific unit uh, or even just to, to move it away from from a threat it means you it's much more responsive now you can do that much quicker and it means that there's actually a point to building the mothership I mean a lot of uh, people that I talk to at the moment that play Protoss they kind of laugh at the idea of using a mothership because it's just a big bullseye um, basically you know it just gets fired down and um, you know any benefits that it did have are negated, but with these changes, hopefully we'll see uh, a bit more use of that. Hopefully, it'll be a bit more effective in combat. Um, the blink research time was a bit of a big one, I suppose. Um, full 30 seconds added on to the research time of blink. I mean, that's an age, really. But the main view of this was, you know, just to, to weaken a, a, an all-in stalker attack early game, which I suppose is going to affect lower-level players uh, like myself more than higher-end. 
because I mean you don't really see that many all-in strategies when you when you get to much much higher level but uh, it's it's certainly going to help alleviate one annoyance I mean if you if you can now scout that you've got an opponent who's who's going mass stalkers if it looks like they're going to all-in stalkers it means that you can now you know you've got a bit more time to gather the appropriate counters of that rather than just getting swarmed by these blink stalkers and not being able to catch them or kill them with anything uh, which isn't absolute nightmare. I mean stalkers are just so so powerful. They're they're they've got quite a long range and the maneuverability that they gain with blink is just ridiculous. I mean the number of times I've seen people in, in like our free for alls that we play with in the clan just stalker kiting from from with with an observer off of high ground just kiting stuff. And with the sheer numbers that that they that they gather, I mean there's one guy in particular, Bez, he, he just he loves his stalkers when he's playing Protoss, that's pretty much what he does. Um, he'll he'll just he'll just mass a load of stalkers, and some of the guys find it really difficult to uh, to deal with that. But I mean, with this change, you know, if they can scout it a bit earlier on, maybe they'll find it a little bit easier to deal with. Um, Warp Prism Shield had an increase as well. This is is uh, just to make for fun, if at nothing else. I mean, you're going to see a lot more Protoss drops, I think, with a Warp Prism Shield increase. Of course, as well, then you know, not only have you, have you got the initial drop, you've also got the ability to warp in additional units from your warp gates, which makes it almost, I suppose, Protoss the only race that's got the capability of, of like a double drop. I mean, you can drop a bunch of um, Robo units, drop a bunch of Immortals, for example, and then warp in your Stalkers or your Zealots to back them up straight after. Uh, especially in maps like Metalopolis, where you've got the vision blocker there that you've got the opportunity to set up your warp prism in, it means that you're much more likely to get a drop in. As long as you can get past the uh, the enemy's main defences, you're much more likely to get that drop in. And the shield increase means that you're actually likely to, to even if spotted, to get that drop in before your warp prism gets shot down. Which you know it's one of the worst things in the world when you're trying to drop is to have a a carrier shot down because not only do you lose the carrier, but you've got all those units in there lost, and that's that's going to be a lot of minerals depending on what you're dropping potentially a lot of gas as well and it's it's just a massive waste it's absolutely horrible but that's the um protoss changes covered anyway those those were the those were the big protoss changes we move on to the terran we've got the barracks um build time increase 60 65 seconds 5 seconds not a massive massive amount of time but the um the the, the main points made about this change was that um terran bunker rushes versus zerg could be quite crippling and uh, just to give the zerg player a little bit of extra time to to deal with that once they see it coming because obviously the the, the bunker is going to go down anyway you hope you should be able to scout the bunker before the first marine gets there giving the zerg player just that little bit of extra time to uh respond to that means the absolute world i mean i play zerg personally and it is you know it is such reactive gameplay i mean i'm i'm by no means a fantastic player i don't claim to know everything about playing zerg but the way your opponent is playing very much dictates what you're doing within the game so if you're going to see this bunker rush now that you know that there's a little bit of extra time before that barracks is going to complete you're going to see that first marine it's not such a big deal you just get your workers onto the um SCV building the 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 bunker if it goes down hopefully you'll have a couple of zerglings by the time that's uh, that mar marine is arriving and hopefully you'll be able to intercept him and stop him getting into the bunker and I mean once you've intercepted the first couple of marines that's it you know the the strategy is uh, null effectively because you're just pumping minerals into something that's going to ultimately get killed so the Terran player should move on from that but the other big thing was the all in marine rush uh, you know getting uh, three or four barracks um, three racks usually I I think it is. 
um, for an all-in marine rush early on in the game, that's now delayed slightly as well. So if you can skate out as at any race that your opponent's going three racks, it means you've got that little bit of extra time to prepare before those marines come out. And obviously you're only going to get three initially. So that extra five seconds should be enough time for you to prepare enough forces to um, to deal with you know the three or six marines or whatever they're gonna they're gonna throw at you initially but the key thing is still that you need to skate this out you can't just assume that oh well you've got extra bunker time so I don't have to worry about marine rushes anymore you do you still have to worry about all this stuff because scouting is still a key part of this game and if you're not gonna scout you're not gonna see these strategies anyway so the 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 time changes don't matter so just like to put that home still scout don't think you're safe from marine rushes or bunker rushes you still need to see it coming um, the Hellion Infernal pre-igniter damage was reduced actually is quite a big nerf it was halved the damage bonus it went down from 10 to 5 and um, I mean one of the points made was that it made for, for quite boring games when the the Hellion harass was effective you know you get a you get two blue flame Hellions into a, an opponent's worker line and you you can line them up so nicely, you can kill all their workers in one or two shots and that's it, you know, at that point the game's pretty much over. Economically, you're so far behind, you're probably not going to recover from it. At least not, you know, if you're up against a good opponent. I mean, if, if the Hellion harasses all they've got and after that their gameplay is rather lacking, then, you know, you might stand a chance. But a high-level gameplay, you might as well just call it quits there. That's that's usually where the GG's going to come. And it's a bit crap basically was was one of the the, the reasons behind that it's it's not a fun way to play the game but um there are also concerns about the the favoring of hellions and and then obviously leading into mech builds over marines and bio builds with the the, the view being that both builds should be viable in late game you know you, it shouldn't be a case of oh you're terran or you want to go mech and, and you'll win everything or oh, you're terran you want to go go bio and you're you're going to win everything it should be reactive gameplay you know you should you should you should have the option to play bio or mech even if you've got the facilities there to do either you can scout out that your opponent's doing something you know say oh my my zerg opponent's got a lot of uh, a lot of roaches and and hydralisks so i'm going to go bio i'm going to get a load of marines marauders medivacs and um smash that out because i mean a lot of players are going to have one of each structure already anyway so it's just a matter of, of that transition and where you're going to go you can be set up based on your early game um, decisions to follow one tech path be it bio or mech and to get that balance there to not feel like like you want to go hellion early on doesn't then lock you into the mech style of play and it is just you know like blizzard want getting people to be able to make the decision as to whether or not they want to go by or want to go met they don't feel like they have to go hellion earlier on to get this harassing which then you know obviously leads into into a mech style of play the marine drop option is there to do um, a similar amount of damage to that which the hellions can do at this point so um I mean that's that that that's the reasons between behind those changes that I mean that's not to say that hellions aren't still going to be effective I mean you take three or four hellions in with orange flame even you're still going to do a lot of damage um, even two will do some damage early on to an undefended mineral line very basic light units you know like your zerglings they're still going to take massive casualties from your blue flame hellions I mean the way if you look at the way they run across the map if you've got a player who's microing them badly against a couple of hellions you're just going to get that blue flame rip through the zerglings the range is huge on that flame, really, when you look at a line of Zerglings, how far deep it goes and how wide it is. You just can decimate ranks of, of, of light units. 
Um, the Raven missile was changed to have higher acceleration. That's the that's the next point uh, on the the Terran changes. Basically, it was just it was just too easy to dodge. Was the general feeling they want to see Ravens being used more often, and they felt that the fact that the Seeker missile was too easy to just move out of the way of was part of the reason why they weren't being used so much. I mean, personally, I think they're a brilliant unit, and, and I think they are underrated and underused. Um, in in I mean, as a, as a caster unit, the Ghost is often favoured quite understandably so. I mean, it is an absolutely awesome unit. But I do like the Raven. I'd love to see it used more. I mean, our Terran players hardly ever touch them. I mean, other than for a mobile detector, I, I really can't think of the last time our Terran players were using Ravens. But it'd be nice to see those used a bit more, get some Seeker missiles out there. Might actually hit something these days. I mean, it's a player with, with good micro could easily uh, dodge those, but it's not the case anymore. Um, so that's the, the Terran change. Moving on to Zerg anyway, the the big one, the big Zerg change, the Infestors. You know, there was a lot of whining about the Infestors. I mean, and I never saw it myself, but I mean, someone on the forums, I saw a lot of talk about it, bringing up this whole idea about um, neural parasite being unable to to target massive units. I don't know if that was ever in the patch notes, but I mean. That was idiocy for a start. I mean, what are you going to neuroparasite if not a massive unit? There's just with a mortal or a siege tank is about the only things worth worth doing. I mean, you just you just not going to do enough damage if you can't get those thors, can't get those colossi. But anyway, that didn't go in. What they did instead was they decreased the range from nine to seven, with the idea that it's much easier to then target down any infester that's that's neuroparasiting something. I mean, personally, I don't, I don't really think it's that much of an issue. I mean, even with nine range, you, there's there's a there's a massive, massive cord connecting the infester to the unit, so you can tell which specific infester it is that's neuroparasiting in the first place. And then in terms of like Protoss, for example, you just blink stalkers, get to the the infester, shoot him down, and there's nothing wrong with with. Uh, your stalkers being within the ranks of the infestors then. I mean, chances are you've blinked past the frontline troops of, of the Zerg anyway when they had 9 range. Similarly with uh, Terran, you've got two options, either with a mech army, you've got your uh, Hellions can zip around the back of the ranks and just get their toast on, or um, siege tanks even. Good, well-placed siege tanks might be able to get hold of uh, of the infester, although that might be a little bit more difficult to micro exactly. I mean, it's possible that you, you'll probably have to move your tanks, um, re-siege them, and um, they could get killed in that process. But, I mean, the infester is immobile while it's neuroparasiting, so as long as you can get that tank moved, it's not an issue. And then, obviously, if you've got, like, heavy, if you've got heavy bio, um, stim marines, as long as you can punch those stim marines through... The, the the Zerg defenses the uh, front lines rather then you know they're just going to rip through the uh, the infestor they've they've got no armor they're just so easy to take down it's unreal but you know that's the trade off for such a powerful unit but I mean all the, all this range change is going to do is make that easier it doesn't really change much from the the Zerg point of view other than you're more likely to lose your infestor I suppose but then the, you know you're gonna have a big front force anyway you're gonna be targeting down the units that are gonna be the threat to that I mean you're gonna be using your your, your neuroparasited units to target down stuff that's gonna be um, a, a threat anyway I mean well let's face it against let's say against Terra Mech you're gonna have a few infestors you're gonna have Thor's neuroparasited you're gonna have siege tanks neuroparasited so that's two of the units that are the biggest threat to your infestors neuroparasiting anyway that you've got control of and then, you know, with the siege tanks and the thaws, you can then take out any marines that might be there to prevent a stem. So, I mean, I'm 
wondering whether or not this change was just made to shut up the whiners because I don't personally think, as a Zerg player, I don't personally think it's going to have a massive effect on gameplay. Just, just two range difference. It's still a long range. Seven is still a long range. It's still longer than 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 a you know the max range of a fair few things. So, but we'll just um have to see how it pans out and what the response is to that. Um, the other one was the, uh, the 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 fungal growth nerf. Basically, you've lost six damage. No matter what you target, you've lost six damage. Unarmored, armored units, you've still got a bonus against armored, but you've lost six damage. You've still got the root, and it still does a reasonable amount. Not a problem. I think Zoe players are going to recover from this um, quite happily. I mean, a nerf was inevitable. Infestors were, were seeing a hell of a lot of use. They were, they, you know, they were, they still are, an integral part of Zerg gameplay. But to have them so effective was obviously concerning to Blizzard. A lot of people were complaining about them. Um... But you know this 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 isn't game breaking. Infestors aren't useless now. Fungal is still an effective way to deal with a mass of troops, with stealth troops, whatever. All the effects of fungal are still there. It's just six less points of damage, and you're not going to go out with only infestors anyway. You know you're not going to be relying on just fungal to kill stuff. So you're still going to have you know your roaches, your zerglings, whatever you might have out there to mop up what is left after the fungal has run its course and so everything has to, it takes one more attack to kill okay that's one more attack that they're going to get off on you but if you're playing well, if you're microing well, if you're fungling well it's not going to make a world of difference and if you've got those upgrades that's you know the the, the difference is going to be even smaller I don't think it's going to be a, a, an issue um, we've got a, a gas decrease on building overseer it's now 50-50 where it was 50-100 it's the, the early stealth play was uh, the concern there um, early banch early cloak banshees early dark templars just felt the zergs were a bit vulnerable personally i don't see what the issue is i mean i've incorporated for a while um, an early evo chamber into my builds where i suspect that i'm going to see some some sort of stealth play it's harder with the dark templar to, to scout it out really early because it does take a little bit longer um to get that out but i mean with good scouting you can see it the same with the banshee i mean you just once you see the starport and the tech lab i just assume banshee one spore crawler at every base i mean i've usually got the the evo chamber down anyway for the plus one attack upgrade early on on the zerglings because it's just helpful but i don't really see a mass i mean it's nice i'm not com i'm not complaining about the, the this change it's nice that overseers are a bit cheaper it, you know the the mobile stealth detection comes in handy but it seems to me like this this whole idea of zerg being vulnerable to early stealth play is more of like a, a base defense issue as opposed to uh, an, an army attacking force issue in which case you know what's wrong with spore crawlers i did, I, I wasn't under the impression that there was anything i mean 75 minerals a pop you can you can make that back in a couple of seconds and just to have one spore crawler at every base just just to you know make sure that that's there early game with with good micro i mean you're only going to see maybe two stealth banches three your spore crawler and your queen will certainly do enough damage to make your opponent think about retreating if not actually retreating and if they don't chances are they're going to go down Dark Templars is a bit of an issue, but again, by that time, you should have a bit of a, a larger standing army available. Get some Zerglings in there to mop up while, uh, you know, you can even use your drones for surrounds on them. I mean, they're going to rip through your drones, but use them in the front, Zerglings in the back. Dark Templars get munched. Again, there's not going to be a massive number of Dark Templars early on in the game. So, again, I mean, I, it just feels like it's it's an unnecessary change, but we'll see how it affects things further on when people have been playing with this for a bit longer. Um, 
and the the contaminate was um, nerfed in in view of this also to to have a slightly higher energy cost. It's now 125 up from 75. But this this was basically because overseers are a bit cheaper. They're easier to get earlier on. The 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 big big issue with this was when you've got ZVZ, you could obviously get an early overseer into your opponent's base and contaminate that hatchery, preventing lava um, production, which is really really game-changing. I mean, you know, it, it cripples a Zerg player. That is everything they can produce. Drones, army, all comes from those lava. And if they're not being produced, then that's GG. So if you're locking that down with these early overseers, you know, combine that with a, with a temple rush or an early or a quick roach rush, you're pretty much just going to smash your, through your opponent. So that's where that change was made. And it's I think that's a reasonable change. That one makes sense to me. And the final change um, for the Zerg was the Ultralisk build time. I mean, this, this went from a whopping 70 seconds, I mean, a minute and 10 seconds to build an Ultralisk, down to 55. So we're down below a minute now. And I, mean, I think that's one of, the, one of the main reasons why Ultralisk didn't see so much use um, previous to this. Just the build time is ridiculous. Uh, you're going to have a rather large army by the time you want to start building ultralisks anyway and they cost a lot of food so the kind of supply that you need free when you start building them you might even have to suicide some troops to start building these and then that's a massive gap in your army i mean say you're you're going to build 10 ultralisks that's like 60 food worth of ultralisks so you've got a 60 food gap in your army whilst you're building these now 70 seconds is a long time to have that much especially when your opponent could well have you know a maxed out army at the, at this point you've then got to keep up the defense whilst you're whilst you're waiting 70 seconds for these ultralisks to pop i mean that is a bit ridiculous and it does make sense as to why they they weren't used so much. You had to be really, really sure of how safe you were before you started building Ultralisk previous to this. But now you've got a little bit of leeway there. I mean, 55 seconds isn't so bad. You can just retreat your forces in, um, pull, make a defensive position, wait for those Ultralisks to pop, and then smash them in. And, and those 15 seconds, I think you will see a difference, and I think you will see more usage from them. Just it, it, it feels so much quicker to build an Ultralisk these days. I mean, I know 15 seconds isn't a massive amount of time, but it feels like an absolute age has been skimmed off the top of their build time. And now that they're a pleasure to use, you know, and it's just think we're going to, you know, see good things coming of this patch. I don't I don't think we're going to get any massive imbalance coming out of this. Maybe a few um, strategy changes. As I said, see more Protoss drops maybe, uh, see more Ultralisk use. Personally, I don't think the Infestor use is going to change. I think they're obviously not as powerful, but they're just as useful as they always were. And I can't see Infestor gameplay changing too much based on these nerfs. Um, the Hellion change, it's not so bad. You just need three Hellions instead of two for that initial worker raid. Just means that your opponent's got a bit of a better chance to defend it. Nothing wrong with that, I don't think. I mean, there's, you know, it's 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 nice to win a game quickly, but it's not fun to just get raped by these Hellions early on. And after all, what are we playing this game for if not fun? But yeah, it just seems all round quite quite a, a good patch in terms of balance. And it'll be interesting to see what people of all levels of play make of it. I mean, we've got a few in in Clan BD. We've got some people playing bronze, some playing silver, some playing gold. And it'll be nice to hear from those guys what they feel the these patch changes are made. And I'll I'll report on those findings a bit later on, I suppose, in another StarCraft edition. But that's it from me today. Anyway, this is Chill signing off. I'll catch you next time in ClanBD.casting.